My mom is my daily dose of hell yeah. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to be. She's cutting bushes all morning. I suppose this morning, runs around, drags tires, does yoga with me, swims, runs, you know, active, active, active energy all day long. Welcome to the Exam Room Podcast, brought to you by the Physicians Committee. Hi, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for raising your health IQ with us coast to coast in the U.S. and in more than 150 countries. Hi to everyone listening in Long Beach, New Jersey, Long Beach, California, and, wait for it, Long Beach, New Zealand. Wherever you are, we appreciate you helping to make the world a healthier place. This is episode 67 of season 5, number 366 overall. Let's start with a question. What does it mean to be a plant-based woman warrior? Well, we're going to have a lot of fun today finding out from two of them. Legends from the first family of all things plant-based, Anne and Jane Esselstyn. Anne, of course, she is the wife of Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn, and Jane is their daughter. And they have come up with a brand new cookbook that embodies being a plant-based woman warrior. And to live fierce, stay bold, and eat delicious. And that bold part, well, that is the theme for this interview, because their personalities are as strong as their passion for health is fierce. I even tell them at one point that they need a reality show. They really, really, really do. So if there are any exam roomies who are hearing this, who might happen to work for a production house or maybe a streaming provider, whatever the case, take a listen to this and you tell me that this isn't a gem of a show just waiting to be discovered. These two cannot be contained. And here's part of the reason why. Here's where a lot of this entertainment comes in today. A lot of people don't know that Jane is also a part-time sex ed teacher in middle school. And she definitely pulls out that hat during our chat today. Class is going to be in session and it is going to get a little bit wild. But it's all in the name of being a woman warrior. And another thing, you will hear a phrase that you will never, ever, ever forget. Now here's something else that you may not know. Anne is going to open up about her pre-plant strong life. And you're going to hear her talk about having a goat roast before her wedding to Caldwell. And on top of that, another stomach churning dinner that they served shortly after their ceremony. I mean, you would never think that anyone from this family would have ever had such a thing on their table, but they did. And it just goes to show that we all have the power to change. And knowledge is that power. And once they learned about food and the double-sided coin that it can be for our health, they started to really rig the game in their favor. You think about it like that coin. Heads is whole plant foods and tails is the standard American high-fat junk food diet. And they've now been flipping quarters and seeing George Washington's face every single time they do for decades. And they're teaching others how to do the very same. So let's go to school now. For the women, you're about to learn how to be a plant-based woman warrior. And for my men, you're going to learn a lot too. Chiefly, how to be one tremendous ally. 
It is so good to see you both. Thank you so much for making the time. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you. Excited to be here. Okay. Now, I think in all honesty, I may have botched the intro that we had discussed. So I really want to sell the sizzle of the title of the book. So the name of the book is... Be a Plant-Based Woman Warrior. Live fierce. Stay bold. Eat delicious. That is serious harmony. I mean, perfect harmony right there. I think you two may want to go right from this interview over to auditioning for American Idol. Pitch perfect. (laughs) We cannot sing. We'd much rather try to cook. (laughs) Well, we're going to get into that. Don't worry about that. I'm even better at at cutting bushes, which I'm just done, and I'm covered with bush stuff and leaves and bark. And yeah, (laughs) I was like, what are you doing? Oh, so is that how you've been spending your morning out in the yard doing a little landscaping? Right. We've been gone and everything's grown because Cleveland is lush. Yes, it is. It's got we have rain and we have reasonable weather. Well, if that's something that you love to do, I would love to offer you the opportunity to come to my yard and prune a few bushes because good Lord knows they could use it. (laughs) So let's talk about this book. I absolutely adore the title of it. So let me ask you this. And what does it mean to be a plant-based woman warrior? I'm going to give that question to Jane. She initiated this, uh, the, uh, didn't you? It was your, all your idea. The whole book was, is really Jane. Well, how can you have a next door neighbor and a mom like Anne and not write a book about how to be a plant-based woman warrior? I mean, every morning, my mom is my daily dose of hell yeah. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to be. I mean, she's cutting bushes all morning this morning runs around drags tires does yoga with me swims runs but you know active 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 energy all day long and then you sit down at night to watch something with her and all of a sudden she just is like <sighs> finally falls asleep but um my whole point is um really that this is a tip of the, this book is a tip of the hat to my mom because she has been this plant-based woman warrior throughout I don't know, almost four decades, five, coming on four plus decades. Did we lose you, Chuck? Are you still there? Oh, I'm still here. I'm just enthralled by what it is that you're saying. You know, I, I'm just well, wrapped well, up mom, in the inspiration. My so, mom, and I'm going to tip it to her in a second, but my mom and dad in the 1980, early 80s, my dad started with going with this theory of, of how to approach his patients. He was a general surgeon, you know, thyroid down to the guts, but he also had had breast cancer patients. Anyway, he got going on how to prevent disease and came home with this, you know, let's not, let's stop eating meat and dairy and adding oil or salt and sugar and fat and all this stuff that seems to be different. So my mom was like, okay, we have four kids and I have a full-time job and you have a full-time job, but let's go. So she picked this up and ran with it when there was no, well, actually (laughs) my husband took a little while for him to decide to start to do it. But then he decided, so I was the cook. So, of course, we were going to do it. Now, we lived in Cleveland. Still do, um, still do. And we live in Cleveland still. But we lived in Cleveland then, and there was no internet. Uh, yes, people on the West Coast, like the McDougals, were were eating a little bit this way. And But 
California then was sort of like going to Europe. It was far away. And so we just had to start. We had to figure it out. And, you know, we did. I mean, we had been in Puerto Rico. My husband had been speaking there and loved the rice and beans. So that was a little place where we could start rice and beans. Believe it or not, we still, that is our favorite meal. That is our meal for guests, rice and beans with all the crazy, wonderful fixings. So I feel that we were actually lucky starting back then because anybody today oh. who is starting to eat plant-based is so tempted by the vegan junk food world out there, which in if somebody strictly eats that vegan junk food world food, they could be in bad a shape as if they were still eating the American standard diet. So I mean, we're very I, thankful for it because of all the animals and, and well, the ethics that are that are involved in not eating meat. But from our angle of nutrition, of and yeah, it is. It is kind of a delicate balance. I mean, obviously, there is far more good that comes from eating the meat alternatives than the actual meat itself. But as you pointed out, look at ingredients in something like Beyond Beef meat. Um, the, I mean, it's coconut oil. It's three kinds of oil. It is processed food. But again, it's great for the planet. And it's good it's for the animals, for good the, for the planet, for but it's not necessary. good for your body. You need to eat clean. You need to eat whole food, plant-based. Yeah, that is kind of a fine line for a lot of people. I think that um, what I discovered when I was first making the transition over to eating a plant-based diet, just as you said, Many years ago for you, you didn't really know what you were doing, but you figured it out. And so those types of foods, though, they were available to me. So I used them for a time and then transitioned over into the whole food plant-based realm. And that's where things actually I have found are far more flavorful anyway. And certainly, as you said, they're healthier. So um, don't you, you find, Chuck, that your taste changed enormously, uh, just totally? You, uh, to us now, salty food is not is awful. Yeah, they. I mean, they've changed dramatically. Things can be way too sweet. It's hard to lose the interest in sweet, but very sweet is no longer is just a no no. Yeah. And oil, oh, forget it. So when you were putting the recipes for the book together, knowing just how much salt and fat and sugar are in the standard American diet, how cognizant were you of the palates of the vast majority of people who are trying to convert over to this? Like, how do you replicate those kinds of flavors and just let people know like, hey, your food is still going to taste great even if it's a whole food plant-based recipe? Well, this is this is my fifth cookbook project and my mom's third so together we have you know eight plus cookbooks and we're not trying to fool anybody like we're not trying to make that bliss point um just like crazy addictive level of um flavor and texture and mouthfeel uh, doug lyle once said when he had a bite of our cake he's like this is a really reasonable cake and i was like that's a really weird way to modify <laughs> A bite of cake. And he's like, no, it's good. I'm going to finish my piece, but I'm not going to want more, which is really reasonable when you want to have cake. Like 
it's scary to have cake that tastes so good that you're like, ah, and you eat the whole thing. So, um, but uh, Chuck, can I go back to why this is a plant-based woman warrior book? Of course. There were, there's three points about it that I wanted to bring up. And I know you asked my mom um, about why. And so again, this is a tip of the hat to her and, and who she is, what she is, how she is, what she's made of, just her tenacity and her just amazing can do it can do it can do itiveness and then also i want to just call out that globally not necessarily in america not necessarily in every household but globally women are primarily the ones in charge of growing or gathering or shopping or or thinking about doing the mental labor and then also the prep preparation sort of physical labor of creating food serving food and giving food to themselves their family their community and so I really am calling out to all women, but the majority of us who are out there and any, and then this is for anybody, however you identify non-binary, bring it on anybody, please be fierce and be bold. And you can be delicious eating a plant-based diet for all the reasons we've kind of touched on already, Chuck, you know, the environment, animals, our health, our pocketbook, any way you want to look at it, it makes sense. And also I know you haven't really asked about this yet, but this is the exam room. So I'm going to go right into something sort of <clears throat> uh, below the beltish. But um, for women, and I could. Jane is very good below the belt. Well, because I'm a middle school sex ed teacher sometimes. Okay. okay. Part, part time, when I'm not doing cookbooks and I did a little research with the Cleveland Clinic and, a, you know, presentations and all this stuff, I'll teach middle school sex ed. I mean, I have for 30 years. But anyway. In talking to kids about stuff down there, I've realized, oh my gosh, adults need to know more about what's going on down there. And I realized there's not a lot of research or information specifically for women even about what's going on down there. I mean, you probably know all about, you probably could name three medications for male um, sexual health down below the belt if they're having issues. Couldn't you? No question about it. I mean, uh, you know, and, the, yeah. We, and some people don't, don't even know what's going on below the belt in a woman's body anatomically. So women, obviously, um, I want to start above the belt. And and uh, Dr. Christy Funk is amazing in how she talks about breasts, the owner's manual. Her her book, I don't know if you've had her on the exam room, but she is- Many, many so times. Yeah. There you go. You know what I'm talking about. She's just amazing about it. And her, like, I just, I, I have a conference every March about uh, health for women or just women go for it. It's around the International Day of the Woman since she was my presenter and it was one of my favorite presentations because she's just so like, yeah, you've got breasts, you've got to take care of them. Plants is the, are the best way. Eat this, don't eat that. So clear. And um, so for more about that, obviously watch your podcast with Christy Funk or her book, Breast the Owner's Manual. But then below the belt is so interesting because Women are are women and men are are very much very similar. We're all made of the same Legos, if you will. Like men have nipples, women have nipples. We do. Why? Hmm? Who knows? We have the same gear because you know what? Somewhere inside our bodies, we branch off, and then this tissue becomes this or that. So below the belt, we kind of have similar tissue too in many ways. Um, and so instead of going from, I, I'm going to go from um, front to back. So in the front. Women have 8,000 nerves for sexual pleasure, clitoris, clitoris, clit, whatever you want to call it. They have the hole then behind that called the urethra and the hole behind that called the vagina and the hole behind that called the anus. So in my middle school sex ed classroom, I have 
this term I use called CUVA, C-U-V-A. And CUVA represents just the, the order of events in the, in the female's body below the belt. You couldn't find it? I couldn't find it. Oh, it's in my, it's right. Okay. Where is it? Um, anyway, I, I would, Chuck, I'm going to have to just get at the end of the podcast. But anyway, it's a t-shirt. It says CUVA, C-U-V-A. Everyone thinks it's like Cleveland United Vegetarian Association or something. Um, anyway, so the way that a plant-based diet can benefit women below the belt needs to be talked about because women suffer silently through so much. And I had I had a great, there's a doctor one time in the audience when I was presenting and she just said, we don't need to put up with this. And I was like, oh, she doesn't like my presentation. She doesn't want to hear anymore. And she's just like, we need to arm together and just take this on. We do not need to suffer all these things that are going on down below the belt. And I was like, oh, phew, she's, a ch she's on board. Because what's happening, let's start with the A of Kuva. A, the anus. Um, if ugh, On a standard American diet, I know you've probably talked about this with many people. Um, obviously, a, uh, constipation is not an issue. And all this high fiber diet, boom, we are just like, you know, as regular as regular can be. It's a moving experience being on a plant-based diet. So things that, that's not an issue. And so many Americans, I mean, bazillion of us have deal with constipation and then others of us don't. And we don't, we just, it's, you know, numerous times a day we go to the bathroom number two. So if that's not an issue, then you're not going to have diverticulitis. Diverticulitis is the outpouching from pushing too hard and trying to go number two. People think it's from seeds and corn. It's because you didn't eat enough seeds and corn um, to have all that high fiber flow. And thus you're not going to have Hemorrhoids, which are kind of like a bundle of grapes of veins just have been pressed out from pressure um, out of the, the anus itself. So hooray, taking care of the A. The V, the vagina, the vaginal space is, I mean, the vagina is, it's a space. It's a tube. It's a lobby. The middle school kids love boys, especially like, hey, I'll be a bellhop. I'll meet you in the lobby. Um, oh, my God. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. <laughs> so so the, the the vaginal space benefits tremendously. Um because it, it had needs it gets so much blood flow as all as our brain as our head and our privates get tons of blood flow as you know, um, and that blood flow is there for a many good reasons and I'm going to get to that in a second. But above it is the cervix and the endometrial lining, which is the lining inside the uterus and the ovaries. We all benefit from a whole food plant based diet. And again, I've, we have so many resources to look at it through here. And Neil's book. Um, uh, what's Neil's hormone book? Your Body in Balance. Your Body in Balance. Yes. I refer to him. I used to say, if you want more, please see this book because he has many um, examples of patients who he talks about who had issues with fibroids. And we have a friend also who she just had gotten married 20, uh, early 20s and she had was so anemic from her fibroids, she was going to have to have a hysterectomy and she just got married. But oddly, luckily, her father had a heart attack, went on the, a plant perfect diet and found my dad's book. And she was eating with them as she was getting ready to be married or however the timing worked. But suddenly she didn't have to get a hysterectomy because she got pregnant. <laughs> so I wanted them to name I wanted them to name their child uh, Fib, short for fibroid and for the fib that you need to have a hysterectomy to stop being anemic <laughs> when you just ask to stop eating cheese. So your, your endometrial lining stops making these stalactites of tissue that just drip blood. So that was wonderful. And um, also uh, women who are, women have some great changes that happen in, throughout their life coming into 
of being a fertile person and going out of being a fertile person. And the hormones drive that. And going through puberty, you know, a plant-based diet can help anyone. And for kids, you know, they kind of have to have a, maybe more calories than us, like avocado-based stuff and nuts, but not the dairy. Keep kids off the dairy and the meat. It'll help their the hormone swings, their skin issues. Um, I don't, I can't imagine that evolution really had acne and, on, you know, as part of the plan. Um, but anyway, and the same on the other side, menopause, oh, we have a friend who went through such extreme hot flashes that they hurt. She was in pain and she, she couldn't sleep. She was in such pain. It was horrible. Again, her husband had a bad heart test. They went on a plant-based diet and she said, I didn't have hot flashes that night. I thought it was a fluke. Then the next night I didn't have hot flashes and I realized, oh my gosh, this is from being on a plant-based diet. I want to sing from the mountains. I want to be louder about this than I am about climate change. Than I am about literature. She's like, this is the issue that everyone needs to know about. Anyway, so um, it's amazing how it can help in all these things. I don't, don't just have friend testimonies. We have testimonies from many, many people. Um, but the urethra, you're, you know, going ahead of the C A and the B. V. No, A, U. Sorry. Oh. We're going, sure. we're going backwards. backwards. We did the anus, we did the vagina, now we're in the urethra. The urethra benefits everything above, your kidneys, your ureters, everything, your bladder. Um, and uh, Dr. Michael um, McGregor. McGreg Michael Gregor has a great research about how our bladders benefit from a plant-based diet, but also that if people who consume chicken tend to have some sort of antibiotic resistant bacteria that gets in there and then it just sort of sets up camp and all these UTIs, urinary tract infections can become issues even after you've cleaned up and even after you've eaten it, it stays around your whole environment, which is so gross to think about. And I can't help but think about if you're muckling, you know, smoochy smoochy with somebody who eats chicken and has that reservoir bacteria, you might get it from him, her, they, them, you know, you just, you don't, you don't know and can't get rid of it. Anyway, um, so stay off of that, but then the C, the clitoris, the clitoris, the clit up there in front, it's the exact same tissue as the head of the penis. Like the head of the penis is a different tissue than the rest of the shaft. It's, um, it's the glands G L A N S and the clitoris is the same tissue. So there's a little bit of engorgement that happens when someone's aroused. And that comes from the endometrial endothelial cells that are in there and respond by dilating with like my, my dad's research is all about endothelial cells and how they dilate when they're healthy enough and don't haven't been covered in grease and meat and cheese. But what is the most fascinating, Chuck, you still with me? I'm right here. I'm just enthralled. I'm, I'm letting you go. So keep on going. You're on a roll. Okay. So the tissue in the shaft of the penis, remember how I said that women and men have the same Lego of pieces? Of course, of course. Women have that tissue. So the glands of the, of the penis, the head of the penis, and then the shaft is in the man. The head of the, the, the clitoris is the same tissue as the glands, but the tissue, the corpus cavernosa in a woman is right along the, I wish I had my t-shirt, my CUVA, but it's, it's in the pelvic floor. And so these two, these two sections that are usually in a man's penis, um, or not usually, that can be found there, are found in the, the pelvic floor of the woman. And when she's aroused, um, they are sort of like these great uh, arms or wings that, that go up from the clitoris. They're called the crura. Um, and they go up around the, the vaginal space and they hug the vaginal space like a hippie hugging a tree. And that blood flow during engorgement 
lets the plat like plasma um, sort of come into the vaginal space and then mix with lady chemicals, that's lubrication. So a woman's sign of readiness is lubrication. A man's sign for readiness is an erection. Both of those are what you need to have those happen are blood flow. And good blood flow means you don't have little tiny capillaries that are clogged up with grease, meat, and cheese. They're wide open with healthy things like plants and all that good stuff. So the side view of a female, front to back, C-U-V-A, Kuva, 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 is a really important thing to know about as far as how women can benefit from eating plants, head to toe, left to right, front to back. In case Jane went too fast, there's a lovely section in the book. It doesn't, it's Kuva's not there. Oh, it's not? That's not Kuva. Oh, well, no, I mean, no, but we have, sorry, we have breasts and we have the front view of the female anatomy, which I think is the, the wrong view to give anyone who's trying to be educated about how women work. We need to do a side view front to back because a penis does three things for a man. What does it do? Jane, don't ask me that. <laughs> You are the expert. You know what penis you, does. You've taught me everything I, about well, how all you, of this. You're, stop. It does urinate. You know. Yes. You're, urination. I'm not going to speak about it. Why not? I don't know. <laughs> Urination, reproduction, sexual pleasure. A penis does it. Everyone knows it from oh, the beginning. I knew that. <laughs> this is the greatest interview oh, in the history of the exam room. The, so females' bodies, no one talks about how they, you have a different section. It's like we're jackknife. Versus a cleaver. I mean, I, t I ask the boys in my middle school classes sometimes. Am I getting carried away? Sorry. A little. Sorry. I ask the, <laughs> I boys, mean, I ask the boys. I'm like, Chuck hey, where, where, where do you guys pee from? They're like, penis. I'm like, where will you one day your, uh, reproduce from? Penis. Um, where do you, where we, you know, where the sexual pleasure come from? Penis. If I ask them, where do you poop from? They would say penis because they love this unit. They love what it can do. Whereas females are not like that with just, you know, the same thing, same answer. They're just divided and specialized. Urination, you're, you're you know, urethra. Reproduction, then, you know, their menses. Vaginal space, sexual pleasure, clitoris up here in front. You were designed to have pleasure. Women actually have a few more nerves than men. And then anus, everyone has one. Anyway, I'm getting carried away. But Jane Kuva has this, this Kova t-shirt, which I was unable to find. I'm going to run and go get it. it's kind of fun. I wanted to go back to something because Jane jumped in before I could say this. Okay. And you had asked about when we were cooking, if we were thinking of the salt and sugar, et cetera, and how people would like to eat. And I, frankly, I have learned because of working with my husband's patients that, and, and you see, he gets, he gets a sort of a sub group that really is, uh, really has to eat plant perfect. They can't go, they can't stray away because they, they recall and they say they're slated to have triple bypass, but they don't want to have it. They aren't, ha they're, they're have stable angina so they can do plant, they can do plant-based, but they have to stick on the track. So I think of the patient's when I am working on recipes like that, that's my, where my thought is. Okay. And our book, and, and our, and our, and our book actually, our, oh. our editor who has has published, publi sorry, published all my husband's books. Well, his first book, she did all the recipes in, so it's their book. The next book they did was our Prevent Reverse Heart Disease Cookbook. 
which was like a companion to that one with the same guidelines of no meat, no dairy, no added oil, no nuts, no avocado. And um, so this book that we're doing with Penguin again, they said, hey, people are really used to you guys being this heart disease friendly group. And not all our recipes in here qualify because we do have some nuts we use here and there. And we do have avocado as an option in some things. So we have indicated at the top of each recipe if it's heart disease friendly or how to make it heart disease friendly or if it's not. And, and patients just need to be smart and know what what's right for them in their situation. So here, here is the thing. There it is. Kuva. <laughs> Kuva. Chuck, I, they come in women and men sizes. If you need a Kuva t-shirt, they're available on my website. Maybe we should just send you one. <laughs> I mean, I would be honored to wear one and proudly put it up on Instagram and link off to it. I think all the exam roomies would flip for a Kuva t-shirt. Chuck, there you go. can you say what Kuva is? Uh, I, I mean, I could, but I would blush. I'd turn pinker than that shade of her shirt. Yes. Okay, I don't know if you're a parent or if you have any females or women or nieces in your life or daughters, but you got to be able to talk about this. They need to, if from the start, we knew, I have three brothers. Come on, man. If from the start, we all knew what we, we were equals, it would be such a better playing field in so many ways. Right. I mean, I do. I'm very happily married. I have a wonderful wife. Okay. The thing is, you need to understand that myself and virtually every other male on the face of the earth still, I don't care how old or how young we are, when we talk about these things, we revert back to, oh, I don't know, the boys in your middle school sex ed class. We we are about and on that level. You guys are all, my seventh graders, eighth graders, sixth graders, they're all so comfortable saying this stuff. So get your seventh grade self on, just channel your seventh grade Chuck, and you can say these words. No, you, can, you, can you, don't, you don't have to. You oh, have we to. can. It's all right. It's all right. So, uh, all right. Uh, C, is is that the, um, are we talking about the big C word here? Is that what we're going with here? Clitoris? That's the one. Yeah. All right. So uh, clitoris, urethra, vagina, and anus. Is that Woo! You deserve a t-shirt. We're going to have to get your size at the end and we'll send you one. Outstanding. All right. I'm going to wrap that one with pride and I'm going to put it up in all caps when I post it on Instagram, what each one of those stands for. You know, we're going to say it loud and we're going to say it proud. Kuva. And, and, and how a plant-based diet helps everything front to back. You thought this was going to be a an interview about recipes. No, a woman warrior is a woman warrior about lots of stuff. Like I'm taking care of my business. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Y'all are trailblazing today. There's no doubt about that. We're going to talk food. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of other. You know what I'm wondering? I'm wondering, like, well, two things. One, is it possible to invent a time machine so I can become middle school Chuck again and take your sex ed class? Because what you're saying beats the heck out of these boring overhead projector slides that they used to put up for me and my classmates. But two, I'm wondering who gave you the talk about all of this? You, I mean, whoever did, I mean, they instilled a passion in you, the likes of which I have never seen. <laughs> well, uh, no, that's no one. Jane. No, that's this, Jane. That's this, why this book works. Well, this book is, this book is actually a cookbook, but I, I take any chance I can to talk about Kuva. I've actually asked Neil if I can come and talk. <laughs> that is the, um, the PCRM conference. They, one time it was about sexual health stuff. And I'm an RN and I don't have research about this specifically, but I do have plenty of um, 
time in the classroom for 30 years. <laughs> like, which is like serious, you know, helmet time of being in there fight, fighting, you know, getting this stuff done. Um, but cookbook seems to be where I land. I mean, well, here's the deal. I mean, I will offer you all the time that you want on this show. We can even do a special live episode and just call it like Kuva time, right? And we will get thousands and thousands of people. No one will know what we're talking about, though. Not well, I mean, they absolutely will. I mean, that that's the whole point. Nobody knows what it is we're talking about until we take the time to explain it. And there, if you break down what Kuva is and like why it's okay, I'm just saying. Right. Well, well, bring it on. Absolutely. Let's do it. And speaking of women, we knew that we were on the right track for this book because at one point during COVID, when we were trying to, you know, shop and cook and think that the world was going to be okay, we said, okay, let's, uh, let's count up what we have. Let's tally what we have going so far. And we had about, you know, seven or eight breakfasts, you know, nine or 10 lunches. A good, a good nine or ten dinners, but we and how many desserts we had? Forty-four. Ooh, wow! How but, about that? So we knew we had a great book for women. We were like right on target. <laughs> we were really lucky because we got the okay for this book just as COVID began, so we had that whole COVID time to to really work on it. And I can remember uh, my. <laughs> My husband and I were, stayed very isolated, and at night we would often watch TV, and I would hear the door rustle, and my I would begin to salivate because I knew that Jane had another brownie recipe that she wanted us to try. It took twelve tries on one of those rec on one of her recipes. The out of sight one. Here I'll she hit the right brownie, and. So it was so much fun. And we live next door to each other with this lovely little path. So it was fun just, you know, going back and forth with what do you think of this? And Oh, wow. Let me take that full. Yes. Now that is a brownie, my friends. Yeah. That was a frosting. We've got, oh, there's so many. Yeah. I would love to know what your process is for creating a recipe start to finish. So you say that you want to make a brownie. You want a new brownie recipe? Where do you start? Well, you know, it's it's it, there's not one process. I mean, my mom really comes from she, for so many decades. She's been coming from the heart disease patients, and you know, she's been dealing with that since I was in college, and you know, I was running around, kind of got married, had kids. So I have not been thinking about heart disease patients the whole time. We do eat sort of similar guidelines, with the exception of eating nuts and avocado here and there. Um, and so the process, she just is constantly creating stuff, thinking about them. I have having little kids. I wanted to make like teriyaki tofu that would, they would like, cause they seemed to like it when they went with their friends to a, you know, a, a restaurant and, and I'm sure it was really greasy and sugary or whatever. And so it's kind of comes from our own lenses, but also what's really great is that, well, people, when people are really kind and decided like have us over or bring have us try things um you know make a meal or whatever that is so inspiring and um you know we've had veggie burgers at friends house we're like what is this recipe and they use things we never would have used and so it's we have a bunch of people who are contributors or who have their 
how you want to say it, like their recipe came came to us for has some, inspired us in, in certain ways. Yes, and then we tweak it so that it it's our guidelines. Um, uh, sometimes you get I get inspired by things I see here and there on social media, but I try not to really do that a lot because it's I don't know I don't like social media and it's, <laughs> it's, it's their stuff and I just you know you can we can plant strong things plant plant basify I mean, there's so many things we do to make it not have the oil you know not have any of the salt at all or, or minimal salt change out the sweet and the or the agave for maple syrup we're always tweaking things like that yeah I, I love the creativity that comes with this you have a great quote from um sophie uh and i don't know who sophie is to you niece or granddaughter granddaughter our son rep's daughter my there's 20 yeah there's 20 of us okay so so sophie's quote i thought was brilliant for people who aren't yet eating this way and for 11 years old i was like wow sophie's sophie just gets it right so that I've been lucky because it's easy for me since I've been eating plant strong my whole life. Being plant-based does not mean eating just salads all of the time. It means so many fun and unique things like kale cake with raspberry frosting, not just vanilla frosting with pink dye in it, but lemons and raspberries. And it's just really fun and tasty. And if that doesn't sum up what it means to eat whole food plant-based, I don't know what does, to be honest with you. I mean, that is a 10-star quote right there. Yeah, that's, it's a great quote, and, and Sophie has carried on and continues to in, invent wonderful things. She's She must have been just about to be 12 when she wrote that, and she's now just 13, mm -hmm. and she's great. And in fact, I mean, the amazing thing to me is that we have four children, and uh all of them are plant-based. All of their spouses are plant-based. And all 10 of our grandchildren are plant-based. And I had the, well, one of my favorite parts of what I did in this book was to interview everybody to hear, to see it, and what they thought where, about being plant-based. And that's where Sophie's comment came. And Georgie, who was eight, said, without being plant-based, I can't imagine how I'd live. The, I, I open the refrigerator and see things like chicken wrapped in plastic and just feel like what happened. But then Zeb, Jane's son, who is six, seven and at, at age 20. Poor guy said, never had any milk. Hmm. Said, <laughs> Every box, not killing anything great for the planet, not burdened by being sick. You feel good. It's the future. And they're all, all my kids are collegiate, then, collegiate swimmers, by the way. And then wow. Hope, who was seven, if you eat meat, you die. Ooh, powerful stuff. But then all of them, they all had such wonderful comments. I, I love them. <laughs> I know you guys are like the first family. I know you guys are like the first family of plant-based eating or plant-strong lifestyle even. And... And I think that people would be shocked. And, and you write about this in the book. You write about this is that the night before your wedding, you had a goat roast where you, you even talk about putting the head of the goat on a stick during this roast. And um, I, I think that... In they sorry. Well, yes. I mean, I grew up with a, a, fantastic, a fabulous maverick of a father and mother and... <laughs> 
And we used to go, you know, when it rained, my father would get the snails off the driveway and call them escargot. Um, we we uh, we did underwater did underwater driving. We ate turtles. We if the roadkill still goat, was goat roast. I mean, it, if the roadkill was warm, they would take it home. But the most shocking thing to me, and I still I I can't even believe it. After we were married, the first meal that I served to, to my husband's patient parents and to our wonderful and very distinguished landlords was beef tongue. It's beyond yes. my comprehension today. So people can come a long way. You know that you can come a long way. And all of that is as if it were another, uh, another time, another planet, another planet, <laughs> another person. No, no, no doubt about it. You know, I think that it's just proof that, you know, you always have the power of change within you. I think that's kind of been a universal theme for the exam room and, and a lot of people eating a plant-based diet. It's like, I never thought I could do this. I never thought I could do this. And lo and behold, you're not just doing it. You're knocking it out of the park. You know, home runs with your health. It's, it's just so extraordinary. Um, and the simple solution, it's just so simple a lot of the times. One of the things that I've learned, especially since Dr. Barnard released Your Body in Balance and having the opportunity to speak with women who are featured in his book, is that it's not just the physical toll that a lot of these chronic illnesses take on them. It's also the emotional toll that comes with it, right? Like, why is this happening to me? Why am I being punished? I'm less than my friends. I'm less than members of my family. And it's, it's so sad how do you feel in terms of knowing that the book you are publishing, I mean, and, and with warrior in the title, right? I mean, that is so empowering. You really are giving these women the power back. They are taking control of their life. That has to be an amazing feeling. No, it's great. And I like how you, how you sort of frame that because, and, and that, that, the, the energy of um, Neil's or Dr. Barnard's patients has the same vibe because it is my dad always says like this is truly putting patience as the locus of control and if you have control and you have a sense of of not worry like i always say like I, i'm so grateful to for being a plant-based woman warrior because i feel unburdened by so much i mean I, I don't know if you have how much you've read of our book but i do go into a little section of how like i again i have three brothers and we all grew up as athletes and we all swam for our university. We were all nationally ranked swimmers. And so here I am like late teens, actually mid teens and Olympic trials and top ranked hunter backstroker in the nation, blah, blah, blah. I, I, you know, for this, you know, however many weeks, months, days it was. So I'm, you know, crazy fit. And so are all my brothers. They're all making nationals too. And I was so concerned and worried and thought a lot about how my body was getting curvy and filling out and what am I eating, but I kind of keep training and I'm, I'm, I was at Michigan on a scholarship, University of Michigan swimming on a scholarship. And you know, I, I, how do I balance this? Like, 
I don't I, my identity, but I need what I need to do and what I'm eating. It was such I was so conflicted, and I and you know I don't know what American female is free of that. Um, but my brothers I knew had not spent an, a moment thinking about their identity and what they were eating and their shape. They were just beautifully in shape swimming men. Anyway, I went on a plant-based diet with my parents right at that time. They were shifting over when I was literally my freshman year at Michigan. And I know that saved me there. And if it hadn't been in that window, I don't know the toll it would have taken on me and my mind and my body. Um, I'm so thankful because I have not felt burdened by my body, my weight, my, my health concerns, which our family's dripping with cancers and heart disease and diabetes and blah, blah, blah. But we kind of have halted that with our, I mean, knock on wood, with a plant-based diet. Like you said, it seems to help cure, you know, whatever, it's a panacea. Yeah, uh, you know, there's there's never a 100% guarantee, but as we always say here on the show, it is the best prevention that you could possibly ever ask for. It lowers the risk so dramatically for so many different diseases across the board, uh, male or female. I think that is really empowering. So even though you're talking about woman warriors here, I think that there's a lot that us men can get out of this as well. Absolutely. Put both men and women in the title. It's where it should be. You know, if this was but, a, if, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Jane. <laughs> no, I forgot what I was going to say. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, you two need a reality show. Yeah. That's what needs to happen. No, I, oh, I, I was going to say that if we had labeled this book "Be a Plant-Based Warrior," that doesn't have a gender to it, but "Be a Plant-Based Man Warrior," "Male Warrior," "Be a Plant-Based Women." Anyway, I feel like modifying it with a gender. <laughs> People are like, well, why women? Well, you know, otherwise everyone would have thought the book was, you know, maybe for men and women still would have purchased it. I've heard from plenty of men who've purchased our book like, hey, I'm a man, but I got it. And I'm like, great, no problem. You strong, beautiful, comfortable with yourself male. That's awesome. And to tell you the truth, I don't say this, but I'm like, women would not have said, hey, I'm a woman, but I bought this book for men. It's kind of expected that we would do that, you know? So I'm like, you know what? So what that it's for women? Enjoy it, everybody, no matter how you identify. Man, women, this, them, he, sure, he, she. It, it, going, it. going back to what you'd asked before, <clears throat> you know, one of the, the, the difficult things about going plant-based is that sometimes the only way that somebody does decide to go plant-based is when something unfortunate happens to them. And that is the impetus. And I don't know how we can go out there to the general population and give them that drive to make that switch yeah. because it's quite easy once you have something wrong and you know that this will help it but it is not so easy when you walk into a gas station and try and appeal to the people you see there um so it that is a challenge there there's there's just so much that goes into that um, people oftentimes aren't ready to change until they have reached that rock bottom, you know? And, and I mean, I'm no exception to that rule either, right? That's, that's just the way that it is. But the fact of the matter is, I think that the people who do reach that rock bottom and do make those changes, that then makes it easier for the next generation, because then that message is getting relayed to that next generation much earlier in life. And then that healthy cycle repeats. 
and I don't know if you've seen this, Chuck, but we see this time and again, is that people change, but they say, oh, you know, my husband isn't doing it, or my wife isn't doing it, or I'm alone doing it, but people just, it's, they have to realize that everybody is looking at you, and nobody is going to forget. They may not change right now, but they may very well down the line when what suddenly their doctor says, hey, you know, your cholesterol is high, you need statins. And they suddenly realize, oh, I have another thought of something I could do. Mm -hmm. So people, people are, people are looking. Always, always, always. Um, final question for you is this. In the book, you write about always feeling like you were behind the curtain, you know. But with this project, it really is empowering, not just for the readers, but perhaps for you as well. I would assume because you two are stepping forward. This is your time to shine. This is your stage and the spotlight is bright. How empowering has this project been for you? I like being behind the curtain, but occasionally peeking out and saying, eat this potato skin. <laughs> Trick these greens, read your labels. Um, I'm not sure what you're talking about, but um, I do know that like my mom and I have been working with like my dad and heart disease patients and my brother Rip and sort of firefighter uh, vibe, if you will. But this is truly us. Well, um, being also, us, I, I don't feel like I was having to hide well, behind something. No, Jane um, started, and so we do a YouTube thing. We started a YouTube channel. Well, yes, but it was your idea. <laughs> she didn't know what YouTube was. Both of you two, both of you two are just stars. And I mean this with the utmost sincerity. I'm talking to you, Amazon. I'm talking to you, Netflix. I'm talking to you, Hulu, and every other network out there. This is reality gold, my friends. This is reality oh, no, we have, gold. We have, our own, we have our own YouTube channel, which is our own. Um, and it's, I don't know if you've ever seen it, Chuck, but it's, um, we have, we do, we have 175 videos. What, what is really, I think what it was, is really helpful in that. And especially, for instance, for if you're eating plant perfect how do you cook an onion without oil we show you how you do it i mean oh, but then also more complicated things that are yeah i mean like crazy chili lasagna everything buffalo cauliflower wings blah 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 blah, blah. I'll, I'll just you know good good perfect. stuff salad dressings hummuses desserts yes chocolate cake is amazing frosting many dessert is the chocolate uh is there a favorite dessert that you have and we have kale cake we have kale yes. cake with blueberry frosting, which is awesome. Kale cake. But you know what? It sounds like we eat a lot of desserts, but we don't. You know, keep them keep them occasional and delicious. Yeah, they're celebratory. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you guys are just the absolute best. I mean, the ticket. And so um, it has been a joy to speak with you. And I will be rocking the Kuva shirt with pride. 
and absolutely get this book, Be a Plant-Based Woman Warrior. There's a link to it in the show description and in the episode notes. So um, you two are just the absolute best. And any time that you wish to come back to continue the reality show, you are more than welcome to do so. And there's also a link to your YouTube channel as well in the show description and in the episode notes. So thank you both so very much for being here. Chuck, you've been terrific. And clearly you did your research and you looked at the book before and that's wonderful. Yeah. You're a great thank interviewer. You. Thank you. <laughs> thank you both. In the episode notes, you will find a link to the book on Amazon. It was actually the number one selling vegan cookbook the first week that it was released. So we gotta keep that momentum going. The recipes in there are just amazing. One of my favorites is actually the spin that they put on Rip Esselstyn's recipe for cheesy chickpeas. I absolutely adore the original recipe. They made a few minor tweaks to it to make it warrior style. They added a little bit of garlic and that was a really nice touch. And look, when it comes to cheesy chickpeas, here's what you want to do. You're going to want to serve them over brown rice or over quinoa. You're going to want to have some steamed broccoli with them and just enjoy it. But then sometimes if you really want to take it to that next level, I'll even stuff that into a baked sweet potato and holy Moses is that good. <laughs> oh boy. And that's just one of the 125 recipes that are in the cookbook. But how great is their dynamic, right? They are so much fun. I mean, I hope that you get the opportunity to head over to YouTube and actually watch this interview back. Because they're more like best friends than they are mother and daughter. The way that they play off of each other is magnificent. Magnificent. And also, true to her word, Jane, she has dropped a Kuva shirt in the mail, so stay tuned for that. As soon as it reaches the house, I will be putting it up on my Instagram, at Chuck Carroll, WLC. You know what else is wild? Thinking that the Esselstyn clan is 20 deep. 20 of them. And it makes me think that that family is going to be at the head of the healthy plant-based table for many generations to come. And it also makes me think that the world is going to be a little bit healthier because of it. Now, we haven't taken a trip to the exam room news desk in a while, so why not go ahead and do that now? Because there is new research showing that your food could be playing with your emotions. A new study is linking ultra-processed foods with increased feelings of depression and anxiety. Those low-cost and convenient options are anything but comfort food, according to researchers at Florida Atlantic University. A study of more than 10,000 adults finds people who eat the most ultra-processed foods are more likely to experience generally mentally unhealthy days as well as anxiety and mild depression. The research also shows the likelihood of going a single day without those feelings is far less than those who eat fewer ultra-processed foods. Researchers say the connection is, quote, statistically significant. More than one in five adults in the United States currently lives with a mental illness, while more than 70% of packaged foods are classified as ultra-processed. 
The authors of the study also point out that mental illnesses are among the leading causes of morbidity, disability, and mortality in the U.S. Not the most pleasant fact given the average American gets about 60% of their calories from ultra-processed foods. The researchers also say that these findings add important information to a growing body of evidence showing a direct correlation between these foods and mental health. So what constitutes an ultra-processed food anyway? Well, I'll read to you what the criteria was that they were looking for in this particular study. Quote, these industrial formulations of processed food substances, oils, fats, sugars, starches, protein isolates, contain little or no whole food. They result from extensive physical, biological, and chemical processes that create food products that are deficient in original and natural food. Ultra-processed foods typically include flavorings, colorings, emulsifiers, and cosmetic additives. And I have dropped a link to the study for you in the episode notes. Given what we know about these ultra-processed foods and how hard they can be to get out of the diet, sometimes we can use a little bit of help. I mean, it can be a hard habit to kick. And that is why I am excited to announce that this episode of The Exam Room is sponsored by the Barnard Medical Center. The primary care clinic in Washington, D.C. practices lifestyle medicine and promotes plant-based nutrition with in-person appointments as well as telemedicine visits in 18 states. Visit barnardmedical.org or call them at 202-527-7500 to learn more. And for today, that is going to wrap things up. I want to say thank you one more time to Anne and Jane Esselstyn for helping to raise our health IQs, giving us some laughs, and teaching us what it means to be a plant-based woman warrior. And for everyone at the Physicians Committee, I am the weight loss champion, Chuck Carroll. Thank you so very much for listening. And remember, as always, keep it plant-based. Plant-based.